Hello and welcome to this episode of Give Me Your Hand, reflections on the deep truths in poems and other writings that feel like a hand reached out to us in moments when we most need it, a celebration of connection between human experiences, past and present. In this episode, I'll be talking about a very short poem called The Red Wheelbarrow by poet William Carlos Williams. Williams lived from 1883 to 1963 in Rutherford, New Jersey. His father was from English heritage and his mother from Puerto Rican. His mother was also trained in painting, and he was interested in painting throughout his life. And uh, it's pretty evident that painting and the trends in painting of the time definitely influenced his poetry. He trained in medicine at the University of Pennsylvania and became a doctor in his hometown eventually serving as Chief of Pediatrics at Passaic General Hospital. Williams married and had children and lived his entire life in Rutherford. Throughout his career as a physician, Williams was also a poet, and he was influenced by and participating in the development of what's called modernist poetry. Like other modern poets and artists, Williams focused on his immediate surroundings for his subjects. As historian Robert Crunden notes, quote, he liked being a doctor, not only because he could earn a living by doing something useful, but because the job gave him inexhaustible material for poetry, end quote. Williams wrote many poems about his patients and also about the experience of being a doctor. The Red Wheelbarrow, which is the focus of the poem in this episode, was one that he saw in a neighbor's yard in his hometown of Rutherford. Thaddeus Marshall, the owner of the Red Wheelbarrow, was a street vendor in Rutherford who raised chickens in his yard. As Crundon notes, quote, For Americans, good art only came from contact with the local area and its characteristic products, end quote. As a poet, Williams wrote about what he encountered in his everyday life. And as a modernist poet, Williams' poetry is breaking traditional forms, asking us to acknowledge that words can be both aural and visual art, as I will try to explain. It can provoke deep meaning in the reader without being structured in a traditional rhyme. His poems can often be thought of as being stream of consciousness or even cubist. The early 20th century, when he was writing, was a chaotic time, full of technological innovation, rapid growth of cities, and, of course, the First World War. In the lead-up to the war, European avant-garde artists were creating new kinds of art to express the confused emotions that many people were feeling. And in 1913, American modern artists gave the Armory Show in New York City, which showcased what are now really famous examples of modern art, a new kind of art that was disillusioned with tradition. The month-long exhibit featured European artists Marcel Duchamp and Henri Matisse, and American artists like Marsden Hartley and George Bellows. Now, while Williams didn't live in New York City, he counted many of the artists there as friends, and events like the Armory Show and weekends that he spent in the city definitely influenced his poetry. I first encountered Williams' poem, The Red Wheelbarrow, in a middle school English class, and I was confused by it. I thought that poems had to rhyme and that they had to be longer than a sentence. 
I liked the poem, though, even if I couldn't really identify why. Now, many years later, the poem holds new relevance for me. And my study of American and cultural history helps me understand better not only the meaning that it invokes in me, but also a bit about what Williams might have been thinking about at the time that he wrote it. Part of what makes the poem modern is its visual form, which obviously I can't show you in a podcast, so I'll have to describe it. The poem is one sentence that's been broken up into four fragments that then become the stanzas. The last word of each stanza is separate and below the rest of each respective stanza. I'll try to reflect some of the structure in the way that I read it by first reading it in a normal cadence and then reading it one more time to try to make it sound like it's fragments. So bear with me. The Red Wheelbarrow, originally untitled, by William Carlos Williams. So much depends upon a red wheelbarrow glazed with rainwater beside the white chickens. So much depends upon a red wheelbarrow glazed with rain water beside the white chickens. So at this moment in my life, after having been an adult for quite a while, um, since the first time that I heard this poem, I have a clear idea of why I like it. It is unlike most of the poetry that I'm usually attracted to because it is modern. Um, it's not in a usual kind of rhyming format. Um, it doesn't have a lot of structure and it's also very short. <laughs> um, there are two, two big bits of meaning that I take out of this poem now, um, after having lived more of my life than the first time that I read this poem. Uh, the first is that there's a moment that's captured visually here, and it's mundane, but it's also really important. I think of it as a lens being briefly shifted before our eyes. You know, so if we normally look at the world with a little bit of a veil uh, covering what we see, it normally keeps us from truly seeing and being present to our lives. You know, whether that be the running commentary about what we have to do that day or thinking over a problem um, that we've been chewing on or even just thinking about what we want to have for lunch and not really paying attention to what we're walking past. There's usually a veil in front of our eyes. And this poem for me evokes a moment when that veil is lifted and we're present to what's actually there. It's like seeing my partner's eyebrows raise as he laughs in delight and notice that it looks the same that it did the first time that I saw it. Or like rolling over in bed in the middle of the night and seeing my cat's gray and white face laying there next to my pillow. What is most mundane and simple is what makes up the bulk of our days. And we, when we can shift our perspective a little bit, we recognize that it's also what is most dear to us. All you need is the right perspective and the presence to really see it. So for me, this poem is kind of an assertion that there is 
no time but now. And that the realization that so much depends upon is just that. That perspective can change how we relate to our lives um, and also arrive at the decisions that we make. We're invited to see our own red wheelbarrow in this poem, whatever that is for us, that allows us to really see and be present to our lives. Tristan Gans points out in an article about the poem that William says a red wheelbarrow instead of the red wheelbarrow. There must have been, well, and we know historically there was, a specific red wheelbarrow <laughs> that Williams was looking at. But in the poem, he says, a red wheelbarrow. And so Gann suggests maybe he is giving us an opportunity to realize that we have our own red wheelbarrow that we are capable of seeing by not making it particular. The second thing that I think of now, later in my life as an adult, when I read this poem is that the red wheelbarrow and the chickens, I don't want to leave the chickens out of this, um, that they symbolize a sense of home. It's a simple yet vivid domestic scene. Um, it's at once familiar and also beautiful in its own way. A sense of home can incorporate a lot of our different senses, you know, be it visual, smells, sounds, touch, the feel of a familiar chair or a door handle, um, or even small daily rituals like walking around a neighborhood or getting coffee every morning at the same shop. We embed ourselves in our familiar environments, in the small ways that we interact with them and also sense and respond to them. And we do this whether we're conscious of it or not. When William says that so much depends upon this scene, I take him to mean that our sense of belonging and identity depends on the environment that we associate with home. Williams lived in a suburb with uh, some urban agriculture nearby. So I'd wager that his own sense of home partially did depend on familiar scenes like the one in this poem. For me, it's the smell and the sound of the ocean. It's the creaky wooden floor in my house the big old trees in the park that I walk through almost every day. It's an environment that our creaturely bodies respond to with familiarity and comfort, even if we take it for granted or don't consciously notice it anymore. That, to me, is a sense of home. And at this particular point in my life, long after I first read the poem, it inspires me to be more conscious of those things that give me a sense of home. And it could be because I've lived in a fair number of different places and am looking to reestablish um, a really deeply bodily felt sense of home. And I'm realizing that I need to be very conscious of my environment in order to do that, to make that con connection to um, to feel that sense of kind of inherent belonging. So what are some other interpretations that we could take from this poem? Of course, there are many. That's one of the beautiful things about poetry. Um, different people in different times are going to interpret them in different ways. And as I've demonstrated, I will interpret it differently depending on which point of my life I'm reading it in. So 
I'm going to bring in some other voices to give some perspective. Williams's poems, including the small one that I've examined here, were written during a period in literature and art known as the modern period, as I mentioned. Now, if you ever want an intellectual challenge, I recommend trying to explain what modernism means to someone else. <laughs> I'm poking fun here um, at this challenge that I have faced in reminding myself what modernism was um, and how it really does provide the context for this little poem and for Williams as a poet. Context really does matter. A poem or any work of art is created in a specific moment in time uniquely experienced by the person who creates it. We can never completely know everything that that person thought or felt when they were creating the poem, nor could they know how we would experience it when we read it, cozy in our own unique moment. But like any writing or art, a poem is a communication, and I would say a conversation across time and space. So it helps to know a little something of what Williams was experiencing and what he thought that poems in general were for. Modernism was a way of viewing art and of viewing the world. And at the beginning of the 20th century, people felt like they didn't have a traditional way to do that anymore. It's a little hard to describe because the writers and the artists who considered themselves to have this view felt like the world was especially chaotic and fragmentary at the time. Part of what made the world feel like this was the destruction, confusion, and disorder of World War I. Part of it was the fact that the religious and moral beliefs that many Americans had based their lives on didn't seem to be commonly shared anymore. Part of it was the fact that science and technology were advancing so fast that people didn't feel like they even had time to notice and digest everything about life that had changed. I can certainly relate to that in the 21st century, and I imagine that you can too. So that, um, that feeling of chaos has occurred periodically with new uh, developments in science and technology. A lot of people were looking for some kind of comforting uniting meaning in life, as most of us do at one point or another, um, and they were having a really hard time finding it. Williams was a modernist poet, and so his poetry doesn't follow easily recognized and straightforward formats. The Red Wheelbarrow poem is basically one sentence, but instead of being written out as a sentence, as I said, it's split into those four stanzas, or if you want to think of them, fragments. And the words are separated at odd points, points that you normally wouldn't separate words in order to have a grammatically correct sentence. In an article about William's poetry and modernism, Jason Menzen explains that the poems try to help the reader experience, quote, the broken collaged reality that is the experience of the modern world. And later on, he says that, quote, Poetry is a force of the imagination, the creative force, needed by the human being to push against the challenges of living in a largely broken world, one devoid of final meanings and comfort, end quote. To be quite honest, I had not made the connection that Menzen and other scholars have that William's poems try to do a similar thing to what Cubist paintings do. That is, represent what someone psychologically feels 
when they view a scene, rather than the image that their vision literally sees, or the way their mind might automatically characterize what they see. So in our example, hey, that looks like a red wheelbarrow. I've seen one of those before. So if you've ever seen a Cubist painting, like one from Pablo Picasso, for example, you may have thought that, hey, that person in that painting looks super weird. Does she have more than one nose? But modernists are trying to show us what we experience and feel when we look at something, not an exact photographic representation of it. And that can take a lot of different forms because the way that people psychologically process and react to what they see varies quite a bit. And it's not, it's not something that can, um, that can be captured in a two-dimensional representation. So one way to think of Williams's poems is that he wants to tell us about what he feels when he encounters the red wheelbarrow what he experiences and not merely what he sees. And this idea of encounter is one that I find the most helpful while I'm reading this poem and having a conversation with this poet who died in the 20th century. If Williams just meant to tell me about a pretty scene that he had glimpsed while walking around his neighborhood, that would have been nice, but it wouldn't necessarily make me feel anything. What he's trying to do here, in my understanding anyway, is remind me that everything we experience in life, be it an inanimate object or another living creature, is something that we encounter. And that word encounter, if you look up the definition, it requires two parties. It's not a one-sided action. We like to tell ourselves that we can objectively view something and stay uninvolved and not be impacted by it. And in some cases, like in scientific investigation, for example, it's a good idea to try to do that. But I take William's poem here as a reminder that encounter is about relationship. Even if what we encounter in life or in a given moment feels fragmentary and chaotic, we can still encounter it with openness and with honesty and make sense of it in our own unique way. We can add to it and add it to our own ongoing collage, if you want to think of it that way, of experience. And, like a poem, we can come back to it again and again, finding new bits of meaning each time. So as I mentioned, the meaning that I find in my encounter with this poem in this moment in my life is the invitation to both be present to what is all around me in my daily environment, and also to acknowledge my own encounter with it. The seemingly mundane components of what make a sense of home for me are fragments of an experience that I live every day. As commonplace and as unique and as dear as the nose on my own face. Williams reminds me that my whole experience of life depends on being awake to what surrounds me and how my body, my feelings, my thoughts respond to it. And it's a great example of how poetry in general can remind us that there's always a different way to see something, someone or a situation that we haven't tried yet. New meaning and a new sense of relation is always possible the next time that you pick up an old poem or even walk out of your front door.
case you're interested, the sources that I mentioned in this episode are The Red Wheelbarrow, from William's 1923 collection entitled Spring and All. Tristan Gans, The Red Wheelbarrow, Dissecting the Minimal Masterpiece, in the Inquiries Journal, from 2011, Volume 3, Number 6. Robert Crunden, William Carlos Williams and the Suburban Doctor's Eye, in Body and Soul, The Making of American Modernism, published in 2000 by Basic Books. And Jennifer Schussler, The Forgotten Man Behind William Carlos Williams' Red Wheelbarrow, in the New York Times from July 6, 2015. Thank you for listening to this episode of Give Me Your Hand.